Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to another episode of Education Matters presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Keith Poston. Today we're looking at the issue of school calendars. Now on this show, we often ask, why isn't there more common ground when it comes to education policy? Providing more local control and flexibility over school calendars is one issue that does seem to be gaining traction and bringing together a pretty diverse group of supporters asking for changes to state law. Like every week before we tackle our main topic, we open with our segment we call Headlines, a quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. She was controversial from the moment President Donald Trump nominated her, and it didn't let up after a confirmation hearing that featured grizzly bears and pointed questions from Democrats about her lack of experience. But billionaire philanthropist Betsy DeVos is now the U.S. Secretary of Education. DeVos was confirmed this week by the U.S. Senate, but not until Vice President Mike Pence cast a deciding vote to break a 50-50 vote, the first ever for a presidential cabinet nominee. Last week, Superintendent of Public Instruction Mark Johnson kicked off what he's calling a listening tour of North Carolina last week in Winston-Salem. He met with teachers and business leaders there. Johnson said his statewide tour will help him determine what changes are needed in what he calls the state's outdated public school system. He plans to release a legislative agenda and outline key goals later this year. A new superintendent is not the only change at DPI. Several senior level departures were announced last week during a State Board of Education meeting. Deputy State Superintendent Rebecca Garland and Chief Financial Officer Philip Price are both leaving their post. Garland has been in her role since 2014 and previously served as Chief Academic Officer among many other roles at DPI. Philip Price has been CFO since 2002 and has been at DPI for 35 years. Finally, average teacher pay in North Carolina this school year fell short of the $50,000 mark touted by state lawmakers and former Governor Pat McCrory on the campaign trail last fall. That's according to data released this week by the Department of Public Instruction. The actual figure is 49,837. Average teacher salary, by the way, is a combination of the state-funded salary plus any local supplements counties provide. In places like Wake and Mecklenburg, that can be as much as 20% of the total. Senate Leader Phil Berger's office said legislators met their goal if you round up, and State Superintendent Mark Johnson said he hoped the near miss won't become a political talking point. With Democrats remembering scenes like the one just on the screen, that may be wishful thinking. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click Education Matters, and read more about each of the headlines as well as other topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, we're going to talk today about school calendars. In 2004, the General Assembly enacted legislation that significantly altered state law governing public school calendars, basically take, placing the state in control of every school district's calendar. The law required that schools open no earlier than August 25th and close no later than June 10th, among other rules governing teacher work days. Further changes were inserted in the 2012 Budget Technical Corrections Bill. That increased state mandates on instructional hours and eliminated educational purpose waivers from the calendar laws. 
A coalition has been working to return more autonomy and authority to local districts, and today we're going to be joined by some representatives of that diverse coalition. And by diverse, we're talking the John Locke Foundation and NCAE arm-in-arm -arm, um, uh, skipping into the General Assembly to talk about school calendars. <laughs> Dr. Terry Stoops, a uh, uh, friend of the show, has been on before, is part of that coalition. We appreciate you being here. Terry's Thank from you. the John Locke Foundation. And we have Dr. Michael Dunsmore. Michael is the superintendent of Wayne County Schools. So, um, he is truly on the front lines of dealing with calendar issues. Yes, sir. Thank Th you for having Thank you me. for taking time to come, um, come to the show today. So I want to start with you, Michael. Um, as a school superintendent, I mean, this is obviously right in your face year-round. Um, talk to me about um, um, the challenges that you have when you've got sort of these very sort of prescriptive start dates, stop dates, number of hours. What does it, what does it do when you're looking at your school calendar as a superintendent? I think one of the biggest things that's been in the news right off the start this year was the weather with Hurricane Matthew. We lost eight instructional days because of being out a lot of folks affected by the hurricane. We can't ever get those back. So even with the adjustments to the calendar, our students lost valuable instructional time preparing for tests, um, which also brings up the fact of aligning our calendar with the community colleges. We have so many of our students that take um, college-level classes that start three weeks before I can start and also end three weeks earlier. So in essence, uh, we, have, we struggle getting kids in, and then when the year ends, there's nothing left for them. Right. Um, so we, we, we lose a valuable resource there, and it also affects us locally for our career in tech ed. We, we can't replicate a lot of the courses that I can send students to the community college for just as a funding issue also. Um, so it is something that really affects us um, across the board with all of our students. It's not just our high achieving. Yeah, that, that's it. When, in, in talking to your, your peers and your colleagues uh, in other schools, as, as I have in the last few weeks, about this issue, that was the, the community college um, calendar came up a lot because it is a, a pretty common it's not just early college, high schools right. and things. I mean, a lot of students take advantage of some of it is to get ahead. You've got the, all sorts of different options that are not available per, you know, per, maybe in your county or not available during the block that you want to take it. Right. Um, so it really does give, um, um, they're a pretty key partner for the high schools now. Yeah, they're a huge partner for us. And, and Wayne Community College is a great partner with us. And as I said, the, it's our students that are taking college level classes, which are important. It gets them preparing for that next stage their life, but it's also my career in tech or the vocational students that can go out and take some of those classes that otherwise I can't replicate. Um, I can't put a manufacturing um, floor that they have like at the community college to start taking those types of classes that students may not go to a four-year institution, but they're going to go, whether it be an auto mechanic, diesel mechanic, or those types of programs. Um, so it is, it is a huge asset for my, my families and my students. Right. Well, Terry, I mean, um, from, a, from a policy perspective, I mean, you know the, what the story's been, and it's not, in North Carolina, it's not unusual. Travel and tourism uh, officials are very effective um, in making the case that this will be disastrous if we cut into the summer vacation sure. time. Um, you don't seem to be quite as sold on that being well, a, a I, big, as big of a problem. I'm certainly not. Uh, when you look at it nationwide, North Carolina has one of the most restrictive school calendar laws by mandating both a start date and an end date. Uh, some states mandate one or the other or allow districts complete flexibility. So it 
stands to reason if there were any sort of economic calamities involved with a school calendar flexibility in other states, that they would be rushing to be more like North Carolina and pre provide greater restrictions on our school calendar, when instead the opposite's the case. States are erring on the side of more flexibility and finding that there aren't the type of economic consequences that are prophesied by those who believe if you give school districts that type of flexibility that it will compromise the tourism and, and those other industries that rely on seasonal labor. Right, and the, and the other thing is this kind of curious. I mean, you're firmly in the, uh, I'll say, the school choice camp. I mean, a proponent of uh, private school vouchers, uh, charter school expansion. All of those schools are not uh, bound by these laws. So you do That's have right. a little bit of a uh, inconsistency uh, in terms of how public schools are treated. Sure, charter schools have calendar flexibility, and we talk so much about districts learning from charter schools and adopting best practices that we see charter schools have in place, and the calendar is certainly one of them. But here's a situation where the law gets in the way of districts who want to do what charter schools are doing, finding best practices in charter schools when it comes to the school calendar, but are completely prohibited from having the type of innovative approaches to the school calendar that we see in charter schools. And so adoption never happens, and here's another innovation that sits in a charter school and never makes its way to the traditional district system. Right. Last word for you, Michael. You agree? I mean, you, you, it sounds like you just want to have the option. I mean, you're not even sure exactly how, you might, how it might work best for Wayne County and for your students, but you want the option. Well, absolutely. I think Terry said it best. What's good for students and best practice practices we need to offer to everyone. And I think that's key. And, and it clearly in Wayne County, it would be a definite benefit for my students. Very good. Excellent. Uh, Terry, um, any, any final thoughts? Do you think, I guess, crystal ball, you think you're gonna, we're going to see some changes in this uh, legislative session on calendar? I think we will. I think the situation with Hurricane Matthew changed the minds of a lot of legislators mm -hmm. who are seriously now considering the idea. And I think we have a, a new influx of legislators who are more receptive to the idea of school calendar flexibility than perhaps in the past. I think we're going to see some movement this session. Very good. All right, well, look, we appreciate you both uh, uh, coming here and being on the show today. This is an issue we're definitely going to follow as the session uh, heats up. So thanks for your time. Thank you. But when we come back, we're going to be joined by a Wake County parent and an Orange County student uh, who will weigh in on the calendar debate. But first, as we go to break, see if you can answer this question. True or false, students lose about two months of grade level equivalency in mathematical computation skills over the summer months. Welcome back to Education Matters. Did you correctly answer true? According to the National Summer Learning Association, summer learning loss is real and it's even more pronounced in low-income students who often have fewer educational opportunities available over the summer months. Our next two guests are a parent and a student who will help us continue to talk about school calendar, which of course ties into things like um, educational opportunities and out-of-school time. We welcome Sarah Martin. Sarah is a Wake County parent. I know you've got, uh, I think you've still got a, one child in school uh, right. and one in college. 
That's uh, right. Um, and then Julia Lovingood. Julia is a senior at Orange High School in Hillsborough, part of the Orange County School System. So thanks for both, both of you for being here. Okay, Sarah, I'm going to start with you first. Um, um, you've lived through it as a, as a parent. Plus, I know you've, been, you've gotten involved in this. I mean, you've helped out and done some work, um, right. sort of volunteering and looking at the issues of school calendar. Um, I guess, big, so what are your biggest, you know, sort of what got you involved in thinking that we need to be more flexible about calendar? So what was your, the, the driving issue for you? Well, probably the biggest thing was several years ago, I served on the calendar committee for the Wake County Public School System. And once you start to look at setting those calendar days and putting in all the required holidays and whatnot, there's really not many days left for uh, teacher work days or makeup days and that sort of thing. So that sparked it. But as my children got older and into the high school years in particular, I got very concerned about exam schedules, um, the first semester exams happening after the winter break. Um, when they are on a block schedule, that can be kind of difficult. Students can lose momentum by going through that first semester and then needing to take that winter break, coming back for just a short little snippet of class before they have those final exams. And on the block schedule again, I mean, that's the year-end exam that the student is taking. So they might be taking North Carolina final exams, state-based state final exams, or just normal final exams for their classes. Additionally, as they got older, we looked at the AP exam schedule. Um, I have a son, as you said, that's in high school this year. He's got two AP exams on May the 1st this year. And for one of his classes, he had that class during the first semester. He was able to have the entire first semester to cover the material for the class. For the other one, he's having it second semester, only three months to cover all the material for the AP chemistry exam. Well, wow. so and Julia, you and I were before, right before we started. You were talking about AP exams. I've got a daughter who's, uh, I guess, she's a year younger than you, but yeah. she went through the same thing where you've got this shortened time for some classes. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, you you actually kind of have the AP exam a few weeks before school's over. Yeah, and so like. I know for me, I'm in several AP classes, and the ones that I'm taking this semester, after, like, the purpose of AP is to prepare for the exam, and then after you take the exam, I still have to go to school until, like, the beginning of June, and so there's not much to do at school. So. Right. No, I, can, I, I understand that, and also, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of parents, I mean, I know I saw the same thing, always was curious about this whole taking a holiday break in late December, then coming back and then it being like a week and then you've got final exams from the things that you studied yeah. back in November. And I don't think parents can really understand that all those decisions really are driven by the state law. I mean, it really comes out of the legislature. It's really not something that the district has a lot of control over. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you've, you've been through this, you've gone through that same thing, I guess, just recently with, uh, with finals. Yeah, so our, our holiday break this year was much, much shorter and so, um, over that break, um, some teachers assigned a, like, a pretty significant amount of work, and so I had to kind of limit myself from my break time and had to do that work. And even though, like some years, even though I get a lot of work, I come back from those breaks and I'm just like, how do I re remember everything before I have the exams? It's kind of difficult. That's right. Well, Sarah, you, um, you mentioned um, about when you start actually trying to uh, map out the calendar, it does give you um, 
uh, a real perspective and there isn't a lot of flexibility. Uh, yeah. Because you think we just, we've had a, just a couple of snow days uh, here in Wake County earlier this year, but immediately we had, they had to schedule Saturday classes, probably like right. some of the year-round classes, teacher work days. Were lo and again, same thing. They're, when you've got a certain number of hours you have to go and you have to finish by a certain date they're really and then you've got holidays you obviously can't right. have them on certain holidays so um, I mean what are the I mean is the solution just just to give them more flexibility to do it well I think it is and the interesting thing I think I've worked with parents in schools across the state through some work with the North Carolina PTA so I see that the challenges are different in different parts of the state I don't necessarily think that you know every school system will jump to the exact same conclusion, but having the flexibility to decide what's best for the local students there in their districts, I think can make a real difference. Right now, what about the um, uh, this the issue of summer, the, the the summer break itself? I mean, that's where the the sort of the travel and tourism comes in. I mean, some parents are pretty protective of that, but you know, a lot of kids don't have uh, something to do in, in the summertime, right. right? They don't have that, and we, and we see that summer, what they call the summer learning loss. Right, yeah, it's interesting how folks will talk about summer learning loss, or they'll talk about the need for the vacations uh, to set up with the, um, you know, a traditional schedule that we've been used to. But now that my daughter's in college, you know, it, I have kind of a different perspective on it because she starts back earlier anyway. Right. Um, and so I, I actually love the college schedule, um, being able to start a little earlier, finishing up everything for that first semester before she came home for the winter break was a wonderful thing. It was a fresh start when she went back in January and then she gets out you know, pretty early um, for the summer break. So if you looked at it from a transition standpoint, um, at some point, if, assuming the child's gonna go on to college anyway, at some point they're gonna be on a different calendar than what's right. being forced by the North Carolina legislature currently. Right, well just last comment from you, Julia, so you, you, you'd like to see some changes, a little more flexibility? Yeah, definitely. It's just like weird, because next year I'll go off to college and I'll have a completely different schedule I'll have to adapt to, so I think it'd be nice to do the same thing in high school that you do in college. Very good. Well, look, thank you both for being here and for being involved with our public schools. We appreciate it. Um, and after this break, we're going to have our leadership spotlight. Each week, Education Matters spotlights individuals demonstrating exceptional leadership in education in North Carolina based on nominations from you, our viewers. This week, we spotlight Muriel Summers, principal of A.B. Combs Elementary in Wake County. Leadership Spotlight is presented by the NC STEM Center, strategies that engage minds. Our magnet theme is based on developing children into leaders one child at a time, based on Stephen Covey's work of the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, that magnet theme that we created here at Combs is now being replicated in over 3,000 schools around the world. There was no blueprint to follow. We created what is now known as the leader in me. I am the lucky one. I have been so blessed to have worked for a school district that allowed out 
side-of-the-box thinking that allowed us to be creative and innovative all in the name of what we felt was right for children. Miss Summers has helped me and everybody else in the school become a leader. She gives everybody a chance, which I, which I believe gives everybody the confidence that a leader needs to lead. So it's our job and it's part of our leadership model, if you will, to nurture the whole child. They're children who are extremely gifted artistically, but may struggle with math. They're children who are incredible athletes, but may struggle with reading. And so what we do is really capitalize on a child's strength, and then we work on, um, through the lens of looking at those strengths, the weaknesses aren't nearly as glaring as if we were only looking at them through the lens of a test score. When they feel successful, they're more inclined to embrace something that's a little more challenging because they know that um, failure is just as important as success. And we teach that to our children. It's okay to make a mistake. We want you to make mistakes. Um, and we say daily, it is through those failures that greatness, true greatness, really comes. Miss Summers is very sweet. She likes to comfort people and she loves helping people out. She is like a great principal. And I'm very lucky to have her. She wants to make sure that we understand and that we don't, even when we're not in school, we don't go out with a bad attitude or we're not sass talking anyone, you know. She wants us to be good kids with good hearts. I hope that we're going to see a very different kind of leadership in the future. And when you know that children all over the world are learning the importance of being kind and compassionate, having a voice, expressing your thoughts and feelings, um, I think there's real opportunity for peace in the world. If you know someone who deserves to be recognized, please visit our website at ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and you'll find a link to nominate someone in your community. After the break, this week's final word. There's no question that the issue of the school calendar is going to be debated again this legislative session. There have been studies and reports requested by the General Assembly and the state spent time last year taking input online from parents and other stakeholders on the school calendar. Local bills have already been filed and likely larger statewide bills will show up in the coming weeks. But all that flurry of activity result in changes to the calendar laws? That's very difficult to predict. In recent years, changes have been successfully derailed by strong lobbying efforts from the travel and tourism industry, who frankly have spooked legislators about major economic losses if they start school even a day earlier in August. And to be fair, there are parents who are also very protective of summer vacation time. Some of that's understandable. I mean, in America, summer holds a special place in our hearts. Lazy afternoons, summer camps, beach trips, warm evenings, gazing at the moon. But summer is not automatically a magical time for some children. It may be for children from middle and upper class homes whose family can afford summer camps or other activities. 
But for many, summer can also be a time of emptiness and boredom. Beyond that, researchers have confirmed that the summer slide is a real phenomenon. Summer learning loss is actually one of the most significant causes of the ongoing achievement gap between lower and higher income youth. While all students lose math skills during the summer, students from low income backgrounds also lose ground in reading, two to three months worth. As was pointed out during today's show, North Carolina's public, school, public charter schools are largely exempt from the calendar laws, and many of them, 73 of the 167 charter schools, started school earlier than their district counterparts. And because charters here and other states have this flexibility, researchers often use them to study impact of calendar and time, and have consistently found that an increase in total learning time was one of the strongest predictors of improved student outcomes. Now, calendar flexibility may not mean longer school days or longer school years in every community, but there is more than enough evidence that it may benefit students to at least allow our public schools the freedom to try. In the end, what should drive policy decisions about education in North Carolina should be what's best for children. That's it for this week's Education Matters. Next week, we're gonna take a look at North Carolina's private school voucher program called Opportunity Scholarships. So please make sure you tune in next week and learn more about that very contentious issue here in North Carolina and nationally. Thanks for watching Education Matters this week, and we'll see you next week.